0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of That's My Jam Stack, the podcast where we ask the pressing question: What's your jam in the Jam Stack? Today, I'm joined by someone I've had the pleasure of knowing for a few years now. He's a developer at FedEx, a technology speaker and educator, the one, the only James Quick. Hi, right, James. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, it's pretty cool to be here. Thanks for uh, inviting me on. Yeah, no problem. So so you and I have known each other for a little while, but uh, tell tell our, our listeners a little bit more about yourself. What do you do for fun? What do you do for work? That sort of thing.
1: Sure. Uh, so I think uh, one of the biggest things is we have a lot in common, especially last maybe year. Or so we've kind of bounced a lot of ideas and stuff off of each other. So I, um, I work full time at FedEx as a software developer, uh, do uh, full stack. So front end, uh, Angular, and then uh, back end, Java, Spring Boot, microservices. Uh, pretty fun stuff, actually. Uh, but outside of that, um, I do a lot of stuff kind of going back to my days of evangelism at Microsoft. Uh, conference speaking, I've been getting back into, been pretty heavy into a YouTube channel, uh, written articles, online courses. Uh, again, kind of the stuff that we have in common. Uh, focused on web development, uh, design, and developer tools. So I've been doing a lot of that stuff the past couple of years, trying to be, trying to be more engaged, as active as I can
0: nice and what, what do you do kind of
1: outside of the uh the technology realm <laughs> uh just on a personal note um uh, so we have three dogs we spend a lot of time with our dogs play a lot of sports my wife and i play on two different soccer teams together also i'm playing uh, basketball one night a week sometimes during lunch we play basketball at fedex which is pretty cool um one kind of fun fact that i'm working on right now is building an arcade cabinet like an old school arcade cabinet using nice. uh, like a raspberry pi to put games on and then actually doing the woodwork to build a cabinet, which I've never done, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, hopefully, that's, it won't be like an angle yeah. uh, when
0: you're done. <laughs> that might just be part of the challenge. Uh, we'll see how it turns out, but it should be fun. That's awesome. That's that's very cool. Um, cool. So so obviously we're we're talking about the jam stack here today, or static sites, or whatever you like to call them. Uh, but what was kind of your entry point into this philosophy of development?
1: Uh, one, I think you were you were probably one of the earliest people to kind of preach or, or start to tell me about it. I think. Um, A big one was also listening to the Syntax podcast. So with Wes Boss and Scott Talinsky, um, listen to their podcast a lot. And they, they kept talking about static sites and static site generators and Jamstack and Netlify and all these, all these words. And I was kind of aware of what it was, uh, but didn't really have the hands-on experience that I think we'll get to in a few minutes. So yeah, it was just kind of word of mouth for a long time. And I was like, eh, I don't really, I don't really need to like Get into that um, at the time, and eventually did, and I think, like I said, we'll talk about that in a few more minutes.
0: Yeah, so so uh, so it's kind of just in the ether around mm-hmm. you. Uh, but what was the actual technology? Like, what was your first project that you did on the Jamstack?
1: First project, and I've got, um, I guess, I've primarily got two, or at least two real ones. Um, so both of my sites, JamesQQuick.com and LearnBuildTeach.com. I'll go ahead and give my promotional stuff there. <laughs> Uh, both of those are uh, static sites using Gatsby. Um, so I had gotten into React maybe a year and a half ago. Uh, React was one that I kind of shied, shied away from for a while as well. I had done Angular at work. Uh, I was pretty big into JavaScript, just hadn't done React. Got into it, really liked it, started using it. Um, and then when I heard about static site generators, um, and learning more about them, again, podcasts and articles and stuff, um, I realized uh, that my two sites, those two sites I mentioned that were on WordPress, had some really big flaws with just a lot, really primarily around like the development process. So I, I couldn't find a way to like check stuff in a source code and have that have any kind of automated deployments. I couldn't figure out how to like version the data. That was a big problem. So like if I made, if I was trying to do stuff locally and I made changes based on whatever the database was here, how did that interact with the database out there, like in the live site, um, and basically ended up finding, I can't even remember what the plugin was, but it just, it does a lift and shift. So if I do locally, it'll, have, it'll wrap up my entire database, all the content, all the WordPress settings, everything, and just push those out to production, which is, it, it wasn't like that bad, but it, it wasn't ideal.
0: Um, that, that, that sounds absolutely terrifying <laughs> to me. Like put, pushing from your local database to a, to a production database just gives me some heart palpitations.
1: Yeah, it, the good thing was it, like the tool was really nice. So it was kind of like, I could, I could go to prod, I could do like an export button and it would give me whatever like zip it put everything in. I could load that into my uh, local version, I could make changes, I could send it back. Um, so it like, in that sense, it wasn't really that bad just because the plugin was nice, but overall it was a mess and it wasn't it wasn't ideal at all for the simple site that I was working on
0: so so really the uh, the jamsack was kind of your your ejection point from the WordPress world it was
1: yeah and I figure I figured like as as a web developer i I could probably do something a little more like develop than WordPress I was using um divi theme and it's a visual builder and you can do all these things and honestly as a developer it was harder to like design stuff in divi than it was to just code it um so i figured moving away from that and then also kind of jumping into this uh, jamstack world where i could incorporate blog i could have um the other types of static information and, and the automatic build process and all that kind of stuff and really check stuff into source control and have everything in source control including
0: like data and assets and stuff was really really cool so and that was also something that I ran into a decent bit uh, in the agency world was, was uh, data changes that were important. Like, mm-hmm. how do you deal with that on a regular basis and yeah. how you deal with that without some sort of downtime? And if everything's just in source control, you're good to go. Yep. Yep. I don't know. Um,
1: I don't know if we have. Should we go get into like some of the, uh, some of the workflow for how that is for my sites now? Sure, yeah. Be, I'd be super excited to hear that. Cool. Um, so I've got two sites, like I said, one is learn, build, teach that's, that's kind of like, that's kind of my motto for online learning and teaching. So I take time learning stuff. I use what I learn to build stuff and then I take what I build and learn and teach other people how to do it in the community, sure. online, all that kind of stuff. So on, on that site, it's pretty, it's, uh, pretty, uh, pretty simple, I guess the one thing that kind of fell into, uh, the realm of static site generators was just displaying course content information. So I I only had like four or five total courses. So a few uh, free ones on YouTube and then a free one on Udemy and a free one or a paid one on Udemy. And just wanted to display the information. But in in theory, like I'm gonna continue to build courses and I could go in and I can like copy and paste the div and I could type in the information to change it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But now I uh, using Gatsby uh, set it up to just read from Markdown files, which is typically I think what people do. And I just put information directly in a Markdown file it queries that using GraphQL. That was actually another technology that I'd kind of heard about for a long time. And I was like, eh, I'm not that interested. And then it's uh, tied into Gatsby. So I get to use that there, which is pretty cool. And so anytime I add a course, I just add a markdown file, rebuild my site, and then it goes out there and it's live. And the build process is really cool. So I use um, Netlify to host. Netlify is so, so easy to just connect a website to a GitHub repo. You tell it, uh, you can tell it a command to to run. And I think mine, I guess it's Gatsby build. And then wherever the output of that build, like a public directory, basically, you tell it, this is the public directory that I want you to serve. So it's those two things and telling it where the repo is, and it's out there and it's built. Uh, so anytime I push to the master branch, it automatically rebuilds and uh, st- restarts my site as well with the new information. So anytime I add a, a course, I add a markdown file. I check it in and I push it to master and it automatically goes out there and it reset or restarts the site after doing a build. So all the content is out there. It's good to go. Um, again, going from being on WordPress and having these databases and differences between local and prod and all that kind of stuff to this, where everything is just basically in like one neat little bow in my GitHub repo was super, super sweet.
0: Also, without probably having to deal with, uh, you're probably dealing with FTP stuff back in the day with WordPress too, not even having that sort of controlled either.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Did some. So, before that plugin I mentioned, I was definitely going in and like drag and drop in using FileZilla directly to the server, which is, um, I think, on the syntax podcast, they talked about uh, like the horror stories. They did those recently, and it was all about like people like going in and doing stuff directly on prod and how they mess things up. And uh, yeah, whatever. So, oh, hopefully, I've definitely done that. Yeah. Too. <laughs> I think, uh, I think with the workflow that I have now, that's, that's probably at a, at a minimum and one, um, so one other thing that I did recently, um, I was writing articles on a site called scotch.io for a long time and, uh, really good friends with, uh, Chris who runs that he kind of cut back on the amount of articles that they were accepting. And so I started to think about, uh, writing articles on my own platform. And then I, from you actually copying those over to dev.to and having those, uh, you have to tell me that like syndicated, is that the right word?
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Just
1: in the case, <laughs> sounds good. Um, again, like this is this is the knowledge that you dropped on me. But basically, like <laughs> put them on my site and then have them copied over to dev. two and link back to my site so that I get credit for it.
0: Yeah, the the canonical link, the uh, the yes. meta tag.
1: Yeah, that one. See. Yeah, uh, real canonical. <laughs> um, so with that, I started um, writing articles on my James Q Quick site, putting those on dev.2 and then with James Q Quick, ended up going through that same workflow of anytime time I have an article, which I have one to put out tonight, is just uh, put a Markdown file in there, re, uh, rebuild the site, and that does it automatically by pushing to master, and the site is
0: up and running and it's good to go, so. Yeah, Jamstack Edge purist right there. Uh, and, then, and then I think <laughs> at one it. point, you uh, you and I have talked about a little bit, uh, I think, weren't you working on a MailChimp uh, serverless function of some sort? i did yeah so uh and that's actually like a whole
1: whole new dynamic so with jamstack one of the the potential i'm doing quotes here for people on audio um the potential limitations is that you don't have a back end um necessarily like you could have a completely separate backend. you could talk via apis if you don't want to write a completely separate back end in netlify they've got you covered so you can write uh serverless functions And uh, serverless functions are basically just like you write an individual endpoint. So you can receive a request, you can do whatever it is you want with that request, and then send it off. Um, So what I did to add newsletter subscribers to my site, I uh, created a serverless function in Netlify um, that when someone fills out their email, it'll send their email to the serverless function. The serverless function has the credentials for my MailChimp. So obviously with secret, credential, secret keys, credentials, you never want those checked into source control. You never want those available for someone else to see. You don't want them in the, your front end JavaScript. So uh, with the request coming in to the serverless function, the credentials are in Netlify, so I get access to them in code. I can take the email, I can make the API request on the server to send off and register them as a, a subscriber to the newsletter, um, and then just respond back to the front end saying, yeah, you're good to go. So any any sort of like extra piece of functionality that I need, I could just create an extra uh, serverless function, have uh, like however many lines of code, 10, 20, 30, not a whole server, uh, just be good to go for
0: whatever that functionality is. Nice. And so obviously, that's kind of the, uh, the, the personal side. Are you able to use any of these methodologies at work? I mean, as, as much as you can talk about with, with FedEx, but like, is there anything happening in that world?
1: Sure. Uh, not. Th- there's definitely some. So uh, one of our teams is kind of a, like a best practices team. And they, they do pretty good documentation on their like standards and like uh, the cookbook is what they call it. So it's like recipes that other people can use to do X. And they actually, I think they use Hugo as a static site generator, and I I'm gonna blank here on what language and f- what language it uses behind the scenes. Um, it's in Go.
0: That's why it's called Hugo. Oh right. They, uh, thank yep. you.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it uses Go. Um, has like template tags and like short code or abbreviation, whatever those things are called. Um, and yeah, so they they use that internally for some of the documentation that we just kind of like share. Um, we also have our own team version that um i just i probably just haven't spent the time to like get into hugo and really understand what i'm doing i'm sure it's not that complicated i just like looked at it and i was like eh, i don't really feel like doing this (laughs) so i haven't done as much of that myself uh but i think that's for the most part as far as i know that's that's kind of the the um, static site jamstack type stuff that we're doing um internally at fedex none of none of the applications that i work on directly have any of those implications i
0: guess Hey, but internal documentation is a great use case for Jamstack, so more power to them on that.
1: Yep, definitely. And that's what like all of the Netlify and Gatsby documentation is all static site stuff, I think. Obviously, Mm. Gatsby is using Gatsby, (laughs) um, which makes sense. But like their documentation is great, right? So you can go out there, you can search for plugins, you can do all these things. And you would, I guess some people have... This misconception of like the limitations of jamstack but you can you can fill those voids in all these different types of ways something like serverless functions to where you really like you don't think of it as like quote unquote just a static site and like you can build powerful applications that happen to be static sites
0: behind the scenes yeah preach on that definitely yeah. <laughs> um so so obviously you're using gatsby on a couple sites uh, netlify is being your host but what's kind of uh, what what part of the Jamstack is really your jam? Like, is it is it Gatsby? Is it Netlify? Is it the methodology, the philosophy? What, where, where's your love for uh, for the Jamstack coming from?
1: Sure. Uh, so definitely definitely the two two tools that you mentioned, Gatsby and Netlify. Um, again, Gatsby like static site generator using React, which is what I I like to use. Uh, using GraphQL, which like has some pretty cool stuff behind the scenes. Um, For me, just like learning what GraphQL is and how to work with it. Um, They also have some like image optimization stuff built in. So into Gatsby, so you can, uh, like it'll do like image optimization in terms of like sizing and you give it an image and it'll do the random sizing and it'll choose the appropriate one. Kind of like what Cloudinary does as a service or like you can use Cloudinary to do that. So that's a really cool feature. Um, anyway, so definitely, like I said, Nellify, Gatsby, probably the, the mentality of the development workflow, especially coming from like the WordPress workflow that I had before. Oh yeah. Everything is in this GitHub repo. I know where all my data is. I don't have to have a database. I don't have to have almost anything installed on my local machine other than node and whatever, like Gatsby, for example, like I don't need anything else. I can do it anywhere. I can check stuff in from
0: anywhere I push and it gets built and it's out there and it's ready to go. And if you've already got Node on your laptop, you've got a way of getting Gatsby no matter where you are anyway. Yep. So it's all NPM based and yep. it all just kind of works. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's I mean, the like the best
1: development workflow that I could have dreamed of when I was struggling <laughs> to figure out how people
0: did uh, WordPress successfully. So, yeah, struggling to do WordPress successfully is the story of the first <laughs> half of my development career. So I, I feel you on that uh what what's gonna what's gonna keep you in the jamstack like obviously you're enjoying this right now but like if you look a few few years down the road uh where are you seeing how that develops for you personally i think
1: one to continue on the same same idea the ease of use right i mean that's a huge thing i think um the whole ecosystem is continuing to grow gatsby just got however millions of dollars of funding they have netlify just got however many millions of dollars they got um they're continuing to kind of add again, like those quote unquote potential limitations. People are continuing to add solutions to those. So you can build like all these really powerful applications, but still have that really cool, like minimal streamlined development workflow. Um, a lot of a lot of that like comes into play with these headless CMS um, that are out there. So to kind of replace the backend of WordPress and you can actually use WordPress as a headless CMS and just kind of forget the front end of that and just pull data in through their API. But things like uh, Contentful and Cosmic is one I've, I've worked on uh, recently. And there's so many other ones. Um, I don't know. There's just so many tools. People are loving it. Like Obviously, you're doing this podcast because you love it. You've got people that are listening and coming on because they feel the same way. And as a community, as an ecosystem, being online, the more you hear about something, after ignoring it for a certain amount of time, you like you kind of have to say, well, there's, there must be something to this because of how many people are talking about it. And I think that's the stage that we've been in for a while and it just seems like it's going to continue to grow. And I think the tooling will continue to get better and better and potential limitations will be addressed. And um, I don't know, I, I think you'll find less and less reasons to not go this route yeah i
0: completely agree with you on that uh, <laughs> so yeah so I don't, I don't want to take up uh too much more of your time we're, we're starting to get to in that 15 to 20 minute range yeah. that i'm trying to keep us in so uh what's your uh what's your actual jam right now what's your favorite song or your musician or, or what's your coding to on a regular basis
1: yeah so the last um i guess it's been like the last two weeks um i've been listening to jason aldean's new album so jason aldean is a country artist and I wouldn't say I, I wouldn't say country music like characterizes me as a person, uh, but I certainly had, like grew up listening to country music, went to school in Nashville. So got a lot like got even more into country music at the time and have always liked Jason Aldean. It took me a while to kind of just get to this album. And as soon as I did, I was like, oh, this is this is really good. <laughs> so I had um, I had a day when I was cleaning the house like last weekend, Saturday. And I had like a portable speaker and just had one of the songs on repeat for like an hour and a half.
0: <laughs> really, just just one song.
1: Yeah, I got that for my wife. She ends <laughs> up like pick, picking a song and playing it over and over. Um, so I've kind of gotten used to doing that too. But
0: I suppose whatever, whatever works for you, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, whatever helps you kind of zone out and just kind of, I don't know, kind of forget about what you're doing in terms of being able to relax. I guess.
0: Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Uh, and and we've mentioned a couple things before, but uh, but is there anything that you want to go ahead and promote that you're doing right now? Any 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 big things on the horizon for you? Sure. Uh, so I have uh, my
1: one paid course on Udemy is called Learn Visual Studio Code. It teaches you in my mind like everything you need to know about VS Code as an editor, how to debug, how to set up uh, prettier and ESLint configurations, uh, Git integration, all the shortcuts that you could ever want to learn are in there. Um, So that's a big one for me. I also have a free one on Udemy that is build a quiz app with JavaScript, HTML, or HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. So no frameworks, no libraries, just building a a pretty cool application, I think, with um, just kind of the core HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. And then, uh, like I said earlier, learnbuildteach.com is where I reference all of my content. I'm working on some content right now, hopefully have uh, maybe a little bit more to uh, share later on, but one of them is going to be kind of a MERN stack application. Uh, it'll be an Amazon price tracker. So, if you've ever heard of like Camel, 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 mm-hmm. you can uh, give it a URL, tell it a, a threshold price, and have it notify you if the price drops. And so, I'm working on uh, building that basically with the MERN stack. So, Mongo, Express, React, and Node, and then tying in Twilio for text message notifications. So that'll be a course that I don't have a link to yet, but hopefully <laughs> will be uh, the next big thing that I advertise. So keep an eye out for that one.
0: Probably on the learnbuildteach.com website. Yes, it will be on learnbuildteach.com. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, all right. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come and chat with us and, and share your experience. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, glad I could help you kind of spread the, the
1: positive word about Jamstack and I will uh, continue to roll on and use it on, on my, uh, my sites
0: cool well keep doing amazing things and we'll see you around the internet all right see ya so now's the time on the episode where i ask all of you amazing podcast listeners in the jamstack world go out to your podcast app of choice and leave a rating and review so that our fellow jamstackers out in the world have a way of finding this lovely little podcast thanks for listening as always and we'll see you next time